Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. So glad that you're joining me today. And Happy New Year again. Here we are, 2018. That uh, number astounds me. It really does. But exciting. And I want you to be excited about this new year and what God is doing in you and through you and for you in 2018. So if you missed the first two of this series on truly doing this this new year and how we are doing this, this is the this is the best year ever. That's what this show is entitled. And we're going to be spending the entire week on this. And on so last Friday, we talked about the, the six things we're going to do. And we are going to, first of all, position of intention. So I want you to really make sure you hear that show. We're going to bring the year to a close and keep it closed. That's what we talked about yesterday. We're going to create new beginnings, new beginnings for myself. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to manage my internal and external world. I'm going to practice living in love, and I'm not going to worry. So that's, what, that's the platform for 2018. So we left off yesterday talking about bringing the year to a close and keeping it closed. And so I, I love the verse in Isaiah 43, and this is out of the Message Bible, and it's verses 18 through 21, and it says, Forget about what's happened. Don't keep going over old history. Be alert. Be present. I'm about to do something brand new. It's bursting out. Don't you see it? There it is. I'm making a road through the desert, rivers in the badlands. Because I provided water in the desert, rivers through the sun-baked earth, drinking water for the people I chose, the people I made especially for myself, a people custom made to praise me. I love that because we really talked about why the past needs to be in the past. And that is simply so that it doesn't alter our future and steal the future God has for us. See, if I, if I won't let the past be in the past, then it's now in my present. Every day I wake up, my past is now in my present. And when my past is in my present, it alters my future. And God has to keep doing, like our GPS, the rerouting, right? He keeps having to say, oh, go in the wrong direction, reroute, reroute, reroute. So we really want to make sure that we let the past be in the past and that we also practice that forgiveness, the forgiveness that God gives us. Because letting the past be in the past doesn't mean that it's okay now and somehow minimized. See, no, nobody, nobody likes to shock themselves, right? I don't like to shock myself. I, I don't like it when I have something that I'm embarrassed or ashamed about. But the one thing that I know is that God has made provision for all of my successes and all of my failures. When he created me in my mother's womb, he knew the bank account I would need for my successes to happen 
and to cover the failures that I was going to do. And he already made that provision. And he's not mad at me. He got over it. He got over it, right? And that, that's the, the verse in Lamentations chapter 3, 22 through 24, that says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. It's new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. Because of his great love, we are not consumed. And his compassion never fails. And he gives us a new day. So every day is like a new year all over again. Because yesterday is gone. And the only point of remembering yesterday is to learn. So God is doing new things every day. So we don't want to dwell on past mistakes. And we don't want to live in the past glories either. He's doing a new thing. He always, he always tops himself. God is amazing at that. He can always do something bigger and better. I'm stunned at what he can do. And so remember, major losses, loss of a loved one, business, loss of a major relationship, maybe we've been stolen from, maybe we have really messed up bad. And maybe we have even publicly messed up. These types of losses, they may not be completely resolved in one year. But what we want to do is review and accept the progress that we made in the healing process so that we continue to move forward with God's intention and his will for our life. So this is every day is a new day, and I do the position of intention every day, and I do a reset every day. Because every day is a gift. It's a gift. And so I get to start over. So again, we don't vilify resolutions. We see them as vision setters. They're reference points as to what I'm believing is God's will for me, his good and his perfect will. It's not something to beat me up with because I haven't arrived yet. So I need to make sure that my quote-unquote resolutions or goals or reference points are intended to keep me working toward an ultimate goal, not an arrival point necessarily. They are to keep me being a person of vision. That's what God is. He's a visionary. So we are made in his image. We need to be visionaries. So it's similar to a map, right? It keeps, keeps me in a mindset of progression. So they're, they're, they're not intended, right, to be shame creators or condemnation ammunition. That, like the art, artillery I have, and I pull it out and harm myself with it. Okay, that, that, that's the enemy's way. And if condemnation, judgment, and shame worked, God would do it. But he knows his creation. He knows his design. And I, like I frequently tell people, don't four-wheel drive a Lamborghini, right? God knows his design. He knows how he designed humans, and he knows what they need. Condemnation, shame, and judgment never work. It only creates more sin. That does not mean I don't judge my behaviors. I do judge my behaviors, absolutely, as to whether or not 
it's a good behavior or a bad behavior as to whether or not I want to continue in the behavior or cease the behavior. I judge the behaviors. I don't judge who I am. That is imperative. We don't judge our heart. We don't judge another person's heart. That is only for God. He's the only one allowed to do that. So, number two, we bring the year to a close. We keep it closed. Now, you may want to journal about events and memories that seem to have energy and so that you can process them with a healthy, safe individual so that you really can bring those things to a close. If you have something that you're still working on, because some, some problems take years to overcome, and that's just part of the process of being human. So what we can do about those is continue to reset the position of intention every day as to what we're going to do with that besetting sin. Who are we going to be accountable to? And we want to continue to say, if God has the endurance to hang in there with me while I overcome a sin and let him also help me overcome that sin, then I need to hang in there with myself as well. And I need to just keep working on it and never quit. Never quit. And that's imperative that you don't set yourself up to fail by thinking you should be over it. If you're not over it, you're not over it. You continue working on it. So number three, create new beginnings for myself by asking God for the new things he has for me. This really means that I'm working on not getting in God's way. I'm not fighting him. And it means that I practice the step of faith and believe that God has good things for me. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, this is in the NIV. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And that goes back to the verse in Lamentations that talks about because of the Lord's great love, we're not consumed. Great is his faithfulness. Every morning it's new. So Second Chronicles tells us if we are in Christ, the new creation has come. We have to walk out the new creation. The old is gone. The new is here. And we also know that we will never be complete until the day of Christ Jesus. So that means I'm always going to be working on something until Jesus comes back or I die. There will always be something I'm working on. So we have several really important verses that I want to talk about that, that help us intentionally position our hearts and minds to allow for new beginnings, to allow for a new future. Not one of the past. Even if the past was great, remember, God always tops himself. So we don't want to live in past glory. That's just as bad as living in past sin because it means we're not present in, in the present moment doing and, and being willing to do the future God has for us. So we need to see seasons and understand that the need for seasons, the need for time, is really allowing for the past to be in the past so that we experience the new mercies from others and from ourselves and from God and accepting his grace and his forgiveness and using that as a way 
to experience the new year God has afforded us. So we now look toward the future God has for us with godly anticipation and excitement. That doesn't mean that everything's going to be fun. It means that everything is going to be for our good, not for harm, but for our good. That's the Jeremiah 29, 11, right? He has good plans for us, not to harm us, but for a hope and a future. And so I love this, this, this verse in Matthew uh, chapter 9, verse 16. And this is talking about new wineskins. And it says, he went on, no one cuts up a fine silk scarf to patch up old work clothes. You want fabrics that match. Don't put your wine in cracked bottles. Don't put new wine in old wineskins. So what am I afraid of? What am I, what am I afraid of that's getting in my way? What, what, is, what is the unforgiveness of myself, of others? What, what are the hurts that cause me not to want to hope anymore? So, so the, the old wineskins, you can see that also as old ways of thinking. So maybe you're thinking something like, I'm not smart enough, I'm too old, my past failures define me, I'm still struggling with the same, the same sin. So the Matthew 9.17, what are your old wineskins that you keep living in? And we have that Isaiah chapter 43 verse that says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. It springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. So if you feel like you're living in the wasteland, you feel like you're wandering in the wilderness, then your step of faith for 2018 is believing God really is doing new things. And the Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me, come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, this says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He's already prepared the way, and he's now making the way. He's already been to 2018. He's been to every single 365 days of 2018. He's been in every minute, every moment of every day of this year. And so I love this verse. This is Ephesians, um, I mean, I'm sorry, this is Jeremiah, uh, Isaiah uh, chapter 30, verses 18 through 22. And it says, but God's not finished. He's waiting around to be gracious to you. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. God takes the time to do everything right, everything. Those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. I love that. 
says, God's not finished. He's not finished with you. And he's waiting around. He's hanging around to be gracious to you every single day of this upcoming year. He's gathering strength to show mercy to you. He takes time to do everything right. Everything. And those who wait around for him are the lucky ones. I love, I just, I mean, I love that. I think it's amazing. So let's look at a couple of verses that give us some really good guidance. And this is out of um, Luke chapter 11. And we go through 9, um, verse 9 through 12. And it says, so I, I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will open. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, would you give him a scorpion? So here's what I want you to think about. If we are truly God's children, we don't have to know everything. We don't even have to be logical with God. Just ask him. Ask him and trust and know that he would never give you a scorpion or a snake. And so you ask, you seek. And in Luke, that same chapter, verse 13, it says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit in those who ask him? You have the Holy Spirit all the time with you. You ask, you seek, so remember, faith and belief, that's a mindset. That's a positioning of my heart. It's not always a feeling. It's a choice as to how I think, as to how I allow myself to handle m my own thoughts. What do I allow myself to linger on, to ponder, to think on? So am I going to practice and look for all the ways God is giving me future and hope? Or am, or am I going to look at all the ways I'm failing? So remember, your brain is like a GPS. So here in Phoenix, if I'm at the radio station here in Phoenix, and I get into my car, and I need to go to Chandler, I don't tell my GPS, don't go to Tempe, right? I tell my GPS exactly where I wanted to go. So you have to remind yourself that part of being a disciplined person is what you allow yourself to think on. You are not your brain. I've said this so many times. We don't see brains floating to heaven. Your brain is an organ like any other organ in your body. Your soul, your spirit, along with the Holy Spirit, tells your brain what to think on. You decide. The same way with my computer. Think of how, how absolutely irresponsible and dangerous it would be if I just went everywhere Google, Google told me to go. I just opened every window. That's what people do many times with their own minds. They just follow their own, wherever their brain goes, they follow those thoughts. See, our brains are computers. They learn how we think, and our brain then mimics what it's heard us think on. 
So if I say to myself, if I think within my own mind how much I hate myself, then my brain, like any other brilliant computer, will retrieves all the reasons why that may be true. It helps me. It doesn't have a conscience in that way. It just is doing my train of thinking. So it's imperative as you are, are really positioning yourself for the new things, creating new beginnings for yourself and allowing God to show you what those new beginnings are. It's imperative that you take advantage of the mind he gave you and that you are disciplined in your thinking and you are careful as to how you think. Because just like my computer, when I go out into the internet, the land of the internet, if I'm not careful with the way my mind thinks, I open doors for the enemy to condemn me even more, deceive me even more, shame me even more, discourage me. And it's, it's imperative for me as an adult to make sure that I am careful with my mind. Because just as we know that God creates things with words, and we read that verse as well, that he's, crea that he's creating and developing new things. Don't we see it? Don't we see it happening, right? Well, the way we think also creates things. Becomes, that's where we get the term uh, self-fulfilling prophecies. The more I think on something, the more the GPS in my brain makes it happen. It's very powerful how you think and the words you think on. And we've talked before a lot on this show, and I'm very, I am very um, stern with people about the way they think. Because within less than one-tenth of a negative thought, you get a wash of stress hormones all the way across your brain. And the studies that they have done on people that have negative thought thinking processes that are, that are quote-unquote negative thinkers, you can actually change the organic structure of your brain by the way you think. So I'm not talking about positive thinking in terms of being a Pollyanna. I'm talking about truth and honesty and making sure that your thoughts are as the mind of Christ. Would Christ think the way I'm thinking? Would Christ say to me what I'm saying to myself? Is this the heart and the mind of God? Or is this my fallen nature? And it's just easier because you have to understand the negativity and negative thinking, it, it's, like, it's like gravity. It's just easy. It's hard to resist gravity. Think how hard it is for an airplane to get off the ground and, when, and, and rockets going to the moon, the amount of power it takes to defy gravity. That's what negative thinking is like. So we need to be very careful this year with how we think because that is how new beginnings happen for me. So I'm so glad you listened today. Make sure you join in tomorrow. And we are going to talk about managing my internal and external world. I want you to have a great day and be very careful how you think. 
You are very valuable, very worthwhile, and I'm praying a great 2018 for you. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the rest of the shows. Have a great day. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.